Every so often I'll have these three points from a sermon that I did, I don't know, probably 10 years ago, pop into my head. And it's always whenever I am feeling impatient about a chapter in life changing, about some new season that I feel like is right there and the old is gone and the new is emerging and I really want it to happen quickly. And I'm always reminded of these three points from this old sermon. And this sermon was about when Jesus, after he ascended, he gathered his disciples together and he said, hey, in not many days from now, I'm going to send my spirit that's going to be at Pentecost and you guys are going to be empowered and you're going to do all this stuff that you've been seeing me do. You're going to do miracles and teach in the way that I taught and full empowerment, full realization of empowerment in just a few days, but you're going to have to hang tight for a few, essentially. And my three points in that message was what did the disciples do while they were waiting while they were going from one season to the next, from one chapter to the next chapter. And uh, those three points, just to shake that down, we'll, we'll dive into them here in a second. But the first thing that they did is they handled very practical matters, didn't feel very spiritual. It was just taking care of business. Uh, Judas had uh, gone, left, uh, hung himself, committed suicide apologize if that's graphic, but that's the truth. And so they had to replace him among the ranks of disciples. And so they literally cast lots, which is like drawing straws. Okay. Who got the short stick? And, um, yeah, it's, it's doesn't seem very spiritual or, you know, uh, sophisticated, very easy and simple, practical matters. And they chose Matthias to be one of the disciples. So they devoted themselves to taking care of practical things. They also devoted themselves to prayer. So spiritual practices, very fundamental spiritual practices, mind you, nothing over the top and nothing that was too, you know, uh, eccentric, very simple spiritual practices. Today, this would be your daily prayer and meditation. And then third, they committed themselves to community, to not just be isolated, but to be a part of something and to fellowship with each other and to hang out with each other, break bread with each other, eat together, have friendship. And uh, these three things ultimately got them through to that moment in time where the spirit came to them at Pentecost and they were empowered and they spoke in all sorts of different tongues. This is not the heavenly language kind of tongues. These are legit other languages because people were gathered from all over the ancient Near East there. Um, and so they were then catapulted into this very, you know, uh, uh, very much adventure, you know, thing that they would then take place. Very action oriented then in the book of Acts. All these things were popping off and happening right and left and stuff being rewritten and whatever. The story of how God is expressing God's self, I guess you could say, being rewritten. You used to have to eat this way, but now you can eat this way because Peter was in a trance and saw a blanket coming down from heaven with all these different things and animals to eat. Like, you know, we forget that like the Bible's pretty trippy in that way. You know, it's like, yeah, one of the dudes was in a trance and now we're able to do these things now. I digress. Um, but this 
time uh, of waiting can be very daunting and very frustrating. And uh, we can be tempted to rush ahead and expedite things very quickly. And then also too, many of us, we struggle with apathy and just that season of waiting in our life when we know that there is something else emerging and we're moving from one stage to another, we can go the other direction and become lazy, apathetic, and sort of dismal about reality, feeling like that's ah, just always out of touch and it's never going to come in to manifestation. And so those are the two ways that we're tempted to behave in these times, act in these times. And I think there is something true to that because I continuously remind myself, well, my subconscious, I guess, because it'll pop in my mind of those three things. Like, well, am I just, whenever I feel like anxious to move too quick or, you know, be lazy, like, is there some practical things that I can just take care of? Can I get more mindful about my daily living? When I make my kids breakfast in the morning, can I not be in my head daydreaming about all the things I wish were taking place? Can I just be here now and take care of the practicals with mindfulness? And then I come back to spiritual practices, basic spiritual practices. Can I sit in prayer and meditation and not inquire God to reveal the secrets of the universe to me or to give me a vision for some other thing that I should be doing other than this? I remind myself to, again, just be here now and meditate and pray in the most fundamental way of praying. I love Meister Eckhart. He said, if the only prayer I ever said was thank you, it would be enough. How often in this time of shifting and changing in our lives do we not remember that fundamental prayer of thank you because our prayers are mostly about trying to get us out of this situation or we're ready to move on and we need clarity and vision i'm not saying clarity and vision are not good i mean they're going to help you navigate and use your energy in the best ways possible of course but sometimes it's just about saying thank you for all that is as it is right here, right now. Finding that deep contentment. Godliness with contentment is great gain. So if we remember that God-like essence within us and we're content in that alone, well, sometimes things are, quote, better or worse, but we are fulfilled and not attached as we move through it all. And the community piece is really crucial too. Who do I need to reach out to? Who's on my heart? How can I get out of my own selfish life and into the life of another person? How can I contribute into the life of another being? So that element of community also comes up as really important also. Because I can get so stuck in my own neurotic melodrama that, you know, I kind of get on these feedback loops negative self-talk and self-sabotage and you know all the stuff and remembering community and remembering people being mindful of people even when I'm at Trader Joe's strangers doesn't have to be your best friend although 
lot of my best friends are ending up working and being at Trader Joe's. I'm there every freaking day, man. Got two kids. That's how it rolls. But remembering to get outside of yourself, to break bread with other people, to be curious and inquisitive about others' experiences and what they're going through. These three things continue to surface to the top of my awareness from this random sermon I did 10 years ago that I just sort of crammed and did, you know? But they're really grounding things. They're really helpful things. And I want to note that we are going through a a shift in time collectively in addition to individually. And so many of you are are potentially watching this because you're going through or have gone through some degree of spiritual awakening. And there is a a different reality of consciousness that's happening within you. You're being born again. And things are, are unfolding in ways that are unfamiliar. And this is not just happening in you. This is happening in many different people. And this is happening on a collective level as well. And I just want to note that there is a new era emerging and unfolding. This has been spoken for millennia. Many different traditions have spoken of a new era that is emerging. And we are going to have these moments in time where we are going to want things to unfold a lot faster. And so I think these points are really important because when we're talking about individual shifts and chapters and seasons of life, it contributes to the collective overarching shift and transition in the world, in the earth, because we're all connected. Everything is connected. The little things, the minute things, the individual living experiences that me and you are having are contributing to the bigger overarching collective and unfoldment and awakening. And so I think what's important about these points as well is they are deeply individual and they are to be held as responsible in each and every one of us. We are responsible for the way that we embody our incarnation. And so often we can farm out this sort of inner authority to institutions or communities or another being or even acceptance from a a community or a set of beliefs. But all of this is happening within us and from that inner place it's contributing to the collective. Because so often I see people just hoping for this new earth to emerge that's going to solve all of their problems. There's nothing outside of you that's going to change within you. You have to change within and that it will express an overflow to influence and transform the life around you. Because see, that's the same thing that happened with Master Yeshua, right? They were looking for this Messiah. They're like, someone's going to come. This Savior's going to come and solve all of our problems. All the politics will be made right. Economics will be made right. The religious institution will be made right. Everything out here will be made right. And then we'll all be okay. And this Messiah comes in, not on a horse, but on a donkey, a symbol of service. And he comes in and he is saying that you are empowered with the same spirit he is, and you will do even greater things than him, giving an authority, giving a power to the devotees. 
He's saying if you live in this way, you will live in union with the Father. It's not this outside thing that will change and then you'll be okay. It's can you step into that inner authority and union and then create with your living a new earth? Can you experience the kingdom within to create the kingdom around? And I think it's really important because many of us will try to rush this shift, this new era that is emerging. And then some people in some levels of consciousness that are sometimes stuck in the dream of life, the illusions of life, they will push this away as long as possible because it threatens their position and power. But ultimately, God is unfolding all of this and we can participate with it. And the way that you participate with it is by deep individual responsibility. By knowing that it's about handling your practicals in life. That it's about your own personal spiritual practice of devotion to prayer and meditation in its simple form and not getting lost in all of these over-the-top grandiose spiritual you know, uh, enticements that we see on social media so often. The spiritual path is not as glitz and glamoury as good video editing would like to make us think. And it also is about individual responsibility and community and not needing that community to create identity within you, but knowing your identity within you so that you can contribute to the community, so that you can be an active force of good in the community because you're not needing anything from it. You're able to give and serve to it, with it, as it. Because the collective, the community, is comprised of individuals. And it's that individual responsibility. And I would say within all of this as well, as we're seeing new wine for new wineskins coming, so the old skin must be shed, that we continuously free ourselves from clinging to that. Because so often we're just wanting to cling to the new wineskin, and that's why we rush things. And we get frustrated with where we're at in life. And ultimately it's because we don't trust. We don't trust that God is actually good and benevolent. We're duped into thinking that somehow God is malevolent in some way, that is untrustworthy, that is schizophrenic in a way, that calls us to do one thing but then does another. But the divine is good. And the deepest element of yourself in you is good. And while sometimes you might get disillusioned with some behaviors or thought processes or patterns that you've created and conditionings, don't allow that to blind you from the truth of goodness. Don't allow that to blind you from the unfoldment of unconditional love that is ever-present. And choose to trust. Choose to trust in the gap of waiting. Because in that gap, we're always tempted to be suspicious, unsure, uncertain. 
So we try to get back control thinking we know better, but we don't. That's just our ego scrambling to try to make significance of itself. So can you rest and trust and take personal responsibilities for some very easy things to do? Practical matters, spiritual practices and community. Can you devote yourself to those things? And friend, I'm doing this myself. I get hit with this stuff all the time. Insecurity, uncertainty, fear, doubt. And I'm always hit with those again. Can I trust and surrender and use my energy in these three ways and know that God is putting together the pieces of the puzzle on a more grand narrative than I could ever comprehend? But can I just rest into the joy of knowing that the divine is working it out for good? So can you trust that the new wine going into the new wineskins is good? Can you let go of the old wine and the old wineskins and rest into being in between for a moment? Yeah. And that's the way the new era is ushered in by the individuals taking responsibility to contribute to the collective as we participate in the ongoing healing of the world.